Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. I'm going to pray, then we're going to dive into the Word today. Father, we want to thank you for this day, for this moment, this Resurrection Sunday, that each Easter Sunday that we get to remember what Jesus has done for us. We thank you for his death, for his resurrection. And as we come to your word now, Lord, we pray that you speak to us. Give us ears, hearts open to hear from you. We pray you bring transformation to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, today I want to ask this question. What is, what is really important? What is, what is really important? Because in life, there are many things that are important to us, but then there are things that are really important. You think about really important, you think about your spouse, and I have my wife here, Michelle, and you think about your kids, that's really important. And then you think about your job, well, is that really important or is that just important? And then you've got being healthy and exercising and eating good food and even cleaning your teeth. These things are all important to us, but, but how important are they really? In our society, our... Um, oh, I nearly kicked it off. Thank you, Kath. In our society, the, the media and people around us try and tell us what we think that what they think that we think should be important they tell us about the mobile phones we should buy the car we should have the house we should have these are all important things but are they are they really and the question i have for you today is what is really important to you because once you work out once what is really important to you you will then align your life around it it will affect the way you think it will affect your behavior. It will affect the way you spend your money. It will affect your time. It will affect your relationships. Once you work out what's really, really important, it will affect every part of your life. But in life, it's so easy to get um, distracted from the things that are really important. It's easy to know what the really important things are, but then somehow end up pursuing other things that aren't leading and helping you Pursue the things that are really important to you. Here's a picture of um, my wife and I on our wedding day some 19 years ago. Do I look any older? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, just a touch. Michelle doesn't. She looks more beautiful now than she does. It looks awesome there. Wow. You look awesome in that photo. And as I said, I've been married for nearly 19 years. And after this story, you will think it's a miracle because... On our wedding day, everything was going as it should do until the bridal waltz. Until the bridal waltz. Remember that thing? The bridal waltz. We actually did that dirty dancing song. What's that song when they do the lift? I had the time of my life. And I went, oh, better not do anymore. Then we're doing the bridal waltz. And during the waltz, um, someone came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, we have a problem with the caterer. Now, is the caterer important at a, at a wedding? Yes, it's important, but I would suggest the bridal waltz is more important. Would anyone else? And, and I said to my wife, Michelle, actually, hey, Michelle, I've got to deal with the caterer, sorry. And at that, I left her. <laughs> Look at your face, Carl. Look at that face. Pull your chin up. And then I got David Gordon from our Preston's campus, Stu the chef, and he finished off the bridal waltz with my wife on the wedding day. I told you it's a miracle that we're still married. But that's, that's, that's a true story. 
And that's, and, and that's an example where, look at you ladies laughing. <laughs> well, amazing woman, Michelle. And that's an example where what was important and what was really important got confused. And I got around the wrong way. And it's true in life, you know, it's easy for us to get focused on things that are important and ignore the things that are really, really important. Today I want to take you to um, a passage of, of, of the Bible from 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, where the writer says, he tells us what is of first importance, supreme importance, the most important. And in this passage, he talks about the death and the resurrection of Jesus as of first importance. Let me read to you the text. It says this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He writes, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the, everyone say the word, gospel. Gospel. I preach to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. He says in verse 2, By this, what's the word? Gospel. You are saved. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I passed on to you, sorry, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and then he appeared to Cephas. And then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. That's the apostle Paul talking about his journey with Jesus was different from the others. In this passage, Paul says that the gospel is of first importance. That this message of Jesus, Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection, friends, is of first importance. Look at what it says in verse 1. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. Now, the gospel simply means good news. Gospel simply means good news. That it is good news that Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead. Why is it good? Look at verse 2. Because it's by this gospel that you are, what's the word? Saved. By this gospel, you are saved. What are we saved from? Go over to verse 3. We are saved for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for sins, according to the scriptures. What are we saved from? We're saved from the punishment that we deserve because of our sin. Sin is simply wrongdoing. Sin is simply missing the mark. This is God's standard, and none of us meet it. And this gap is called sin. We don't live the life God wants us to. And because of that, the Bible teaches that, that because of our wrongdoing, we all deserve death. And not just the breaking down of this body, and when I get to 80 or 90, I, I, I breathe my last breath. No, it's death as in separation from God forever. An eternal separation from him. The Bible describes it as hell. It's a place separated from God. That's the bad news. That's what we all deserve for our wrongdoing. But the gospel, 
The good news is that Jesus died and that Jesus rose in order that he could take the punishment of my sin. He took what I deserved, the punishment for my sin. He took death. He took the wrath of God and he took it on himself so that I can stand here forgiven, that I can stand here in relationship with God, that I can stand here and God's no longer angry with me because he put his anger on Jesus. Now I'm in right standing with God because of what Jesus has done. The good news is that we were far from God because of our sin. But then Jesus came. He died on a cross, rose again, in order to restore our relationship with God, to forgive us for our sin, and to give us eternal life. This is the good news. But the thing about this good news, going back to verse 1, is that this good news, friends, needs to be in underlined, what's the word? Received. Yesterday we did a big Easter egg hunt out at, um, out at our at McLeod Park out at Preston's. We had about 500 people turn up. It was a great event. And we lined all the kids up in different age groups. And then Alex Lee, who's the campus pastor out there, is on the megaphone. And he goes, 10, 9, 8, 7. Now when we get to 7, 7 is the number for those who have 7,000 Easter eggs, right, in bags of a couple of hundred to throw, right? 7, 6, Five, because you can't hide 7,000 Easter eggs. So you throw them, and they get to zero, and the kids run and pick them up. Now, the reason I tell this story is the people could throw the eggs, and the kids could stand there and just look at them and say, aren't they pretty colors? I wonder if they would taste nice. Imagine if I picked them up and ate them. But if they did nothing, they're just watching from a distance, and they're not receiving the eggs that are available to them. And it's the same with the gospel message. It's there and it's available to us, but we need to receive it. We need to own it for ourselves. We need to say, God, I need forgiveness. Jesus, I believe who you are and I want you as Lord of my life. It needs to be received. This gospel message needs to be received. And this gospel message, Paul writes, is of going back to the first thing we said, before I received, I passed on to you as first importance. You know, this first importance word in Greek is the, is the Greek word protuo, which means to be first, preeminent, outstanding, supreme, have the first place. This gospel message is to have the first place. It is to be first. It's the same word used in Colossians chapter 1. Now, Colossians chapter 1, there's an incredible verse from verse, from verse 15 through 18. And in verse 15, it says this. I'm going to read you a bit, then I'm going to give you the verse. It says, The Son is the image of the invisible God. If you have read your Bible for some time, if you've been a Christian for some time, you will know this this passage. It's an incredible passage. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or, uh, sorry, where thrones or powers or rules or authorities, all things have been created for him, Jesus, and by him, Jesus. This verse is saying Jesus is supreme. That's what it's saying. He says Jesus is before all things, and in him, Jesus holds all things together. And then in verse, eight, verse 18, it says this, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything 
he might have the supremacy. That word supremacy is the Greek word prochuo, which, all can be, which also can be translated of first importance. So as this, this passage describes Jesus as the greatest, as the one who is the creator and the sustainer and is the one to be worshipped, that is the, the, the first importance word is given to describe the place that Jesus should have in our lives. This is the word we use in, in the passage that we looked at from 1 Corinthians 15 where it describes the gospel being of first importance. The gospel is of first importance. It must be of first importance to us. This message of Jesus that he died and he rose is greater than any other event in the Bible. It's better than the creation or the flood or the Tower of Babel or the law given to Moses or the burning bush. It's greater than the people coming out of Egypt. It's better than them passing the Red Sea. It's better than marching around Jericho seven times. It's better than the promised land that they were given. Better than the milk and honey. It was better than the kings. It was better than the history. It's better than the poetry. It's better than anything else in all of Scripture. The death and the resurrection of Jesus is of first importance. It is the greatest event in history. As you think back to history, World War I, World War II, and all those people who did great things in the past, the death and the resurrection is the greatest event in all of history. And so let me ask you this question today as we come to the end of this service. Is the good news about Jesus of first importance to you? Paul says that this message, this gospel message, is of first importance. My question to you is, is it, of, is it of first importance to you? Because like I said before, there are many priorities in life. There are many voices trying to say, buy this, you need this, this is going to make your life better. And we need to sift through all those voices and work out what is most important to us. And it should be our spouse, and it should be our kids, and it should be people and a community. These should be first things. But higher and greater than all those things should be Jesus and what he's done for us in his death and resurrection. That must be the first thing in our lives. Because if it is, if it is the greatest thing, it means that we have received that message for ourselves. We've asked God to forgive us. We've put our trust in him. We've chosen to follow him. And so my first question for you today is, have you made that decision? Have you received what Jesus has done for you? Or are you just like that kid looking at those Easter eggs from a distance but haven't run and grabbed one of those eggs yet? That message of Jesus is available for you. And the second thing I want to ask you is, if you have received it, have you prioritized your life around it? Have you aligned your life around the most important event in history? Meaning, is Jesus Lord of your life? Do you live like Jesus has forgiven your sin? Do you live like he is now seated at the right hand of the Father and he's King of kings and Lord of lords and he's coming back again to judge all of us? Are you living like he's coming back to judge again? Because this event will radically transform your life if you receive it, if you understand it. It will radically transform your life. When I was 17 years old when I truly understood the gospel message and it radically transformed my life. When I understood what Jesus had done for me in, the, in his death and resurrection, you know, I was so thankful I wanted to honor him with my life. 
So I looked at my life, and as I was prompted by the Spirit, I saw the areas where my life was out of alignment with what God wanted. As a 17-year-old kid, I was swearing like the other kids did at school, and after a few months, that stopped. And there were many other things in my life where I had to change over, and still changing, hey. But there's a desire within me to live a life that honors Him for what He's done for me. I want to live a life that pleases Him out of response to His death and resurrection. When I was 17 and the gospel message made sense to me, I was so excited about it that I wanted to tell everyone I met. I remember standing up in an economics class in year 11, in year 12 it was, and the teacher was regularly late. And I remember standing up in front of the class with a piece of chalk and a blackboard, anyone remember that? And drawing up a, a, a gospel presentation and about how we deserve death, but Jesus has come to give us life. And at recess and lunch, I would tell my friends about Jesus, and they got so sick of me one day, they, 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 are tack- they, they, they tackled me, they laid me on this bench, and they gaffer taped me to the seat and taped up my mouth so I couldn't speak about Jesus anymore. True. Now, was I doing, the, doing it the best way? Maybe not. But the point is, what, when I understood it, there was this excitement within me to share it with others. And the third thing, I was so impacted by what God had done, I wanted to get involved in the local church. So I got involved in kids' clubs and music ministry. I just wanted to be involved in God's church and being part of his kingdom to help others experience what I've experienced. And you know what? If God can do it in my life, he can do it in your life. You know, sometimes you, people look at pastors and we, and we put them on pedestals. I'm nothing special. I'm really not. I'm just this guy who went to East Hills Boys High School. I was the shortest kid going around. I wasn't great at sport. I wasn't the smartest kid. I was ordinary. I wasn't that popular. But when Jesus grabs a hold of you, he makes the ordinary, and I'm speaking about myself, and I'm speaking about you. He takes us ordinary people and makes us extraordinary. Extraordinary. Reinhard Bonnke says, he takes us who are zeros, and when you stand next to Jesus, you become a ten. Stand next to Jesus, you become a 10. If God can do it in my life, God can do it in your life. So as we come to the end of this message today, have you received the gospel message? Have you received it for yourself? If you have not, I want to give you an opportunity right now, those online, those in the room, bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to to lead you in a prayer. And if you pray this prayer, you're saying to God, God, I, I believe what Jesus is, who he is and what he's done for me. I'm sorry for my wrongdoing, and I want to follow you. That's the prayer to respond to him. That's the prayer to become a Christian. And if you want to do that today, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you, if you pray that prayer, you've just, received, you've just received the message of good news. You've now become a Christian and you've begun the journey of living a life that follows him. I encourage you to tell someone that you prayed that prayer, who invited you, those online, put a comment in the chat, click on the prayer box. Because as we said, it's the first step in the journey and we as a church want to help you continue in the journey of living a life that honours
Amen. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the Next Step button.